do us a quick favor guys hit the follow subscribe button share this with someone who would benefit from it and help us grow as the more we grow the better the episodes we get thanks guys for helping us and let's get into the episode And he's here, he is here. Cristiano has entered the building. Welcome, wherever you are, to the Old Trafford Theatre. Yes, guys, welcome back to this episode of the Sculpted Podcast. Today we are freestyling again, as you probably just heard. I put my phone down and um, I am in the car. So... I want to literally again, as I said, freestyle. And at the moment, it's a little bit, um, you know, there's a few topics on my mind because I'm in the process of doing things that I haven't had to do before. Now, you may think for me, it's back into the routine as if I was never injured and X, Y, and Z. Now, it is, don't get me wrong. It's it, it's definitely easier for me to do it than it would be for anyone else. But I do have to reiterate it to myself, naturally, because these things, once were habits, are now untrained. So getting back into it is something that, one, I know how to do it, which maybe others don't, but there is still the process. So I do know the processes because, you know, I knew what they were prior, but I still have to build up to it. And it's not perfect. It, it, I actually have to schedule in essential failure. Now, what I want to talk about is getting back from being bedridden to back to 100%. And there was fault in my initial discovery, you could say. Which is I anticipated I would be back into it too quickly. So I thought that as soon as I was able to start exercising again, I'd be at 100%. So one month after surgery, I thought I'd be back into 100%. Now 10 weeks after surgery, so two and a half months, I'm only now probably at 100%. But when I mean 100%, I don't mean that I'm able to train as much as I used to. I just mean if I was to batter myself for one session a day, I could probably get through it. The next day would take a hit. And honestly, it the next day has been taking a hit. Like I'm feeling it at the moment now. A big problem for me was the fact that I lost so much muscle because it, it wasn't just the surgery for me. It was the, the travel for the past six months and the trials. So for me, it wasn't just this surgery where I lost muscle. It's been the whole, whole six months almost. So that did definitely affect my ability to get back to 100%. But that was... Something that I had to almost sacrifice. But I'm aware of it. And what I want to talk about is going from being bedridden for a month, right? Not not being able to walk. And, and bear in mind, this is a weird surgery, right? Most players who have an injury, they have a whole recovery period where they're working alongside a physio. They're working on strengthening that muscle again because... They've been out for so long, or maybe they haven't been able to move a certain part of their body for so long. And maybe, for example, a leg, they've lost all of their muscle in their leg, they've lost all of their stability, they've lost everything in that leg, 
and therefore they actually have to build their way back into it. Now, what I did was not that at all. I came back one month in after surgery, first day. <laughs> actually, the first two days I was in hospital again. Uh, that was um due to what happened in um, Budapest. Well, I guess you couldn't. I was about to go to hospital, but I didn't want to because I saw what the hospitals were like in Budapest. If you, if you listen to the sit down episode with myself and Val, you know what happened. But essentially, first two days after my month of surgery, um, I was sick. Then I wanted to do five days of training. And what that looked like was first day, 15 minutes, as slow as I can jog on the treadmill at the gym. Then the next day, uh, also a 30 second break in between each five minutes. Then the next day, same thing, a little bit faster. The next day, it was seven minutes and a half with 30 seconds in between. Rest, no, seven minutes each, one minute rest. That was the next, and I just kept on gradually progressing that until the end of the five days. Then, after that five days, I went straight into team training. Now, if you remember, or if you've listened to my episode on my time in Budapest, you'd know that that was a massive mistake. And this is due to a lack of guidance. I was not aware of how big of a... How big one month can truly be out of not playing football? I didn't realize that. I thought I could just get back into it straight away. And that wasn't the case. Now, there was a degree of pressure in terms of me trialing with a team immediately. And that wasn't due to me. That was due to me owing people things. Because I had been networking behind the scenes saying, oh, okay, I've in Hungary and I didn't tell them about the surgery. Because typically it takes a while for you to actually confirm a trial. So if I if I speak with an agent or X, Y, and Z person who's helping me get a trial, coach, manager, uh, sports coordinator, whatever, it, it might take anywhere from two weeks to four weeks until I actually go on that trial, okay? So I was doing it ahead of time. So by the time that I actually was able to be back into, let's say, training, where I'd be doing, you know, my own work and doing... I'd be supervised, essentially. I never had that period. And I would have had that period, one, if I had guidance. Now, I chose not to have guidance because I moved to Budapest, which means that the doctors who I was with in Bayreuth, in Germany, which I didn't have any of anyways either, but I probably would have gone to see someone, I'd never had that. Now, I had Chad GPT, and that was it. Now, ChatGPT is great, but unfortunately, um, it led me astray, and that was my choice. I also agreed with it, but that's my that's my fault. Like, that's just stupid, um, ignorance. But for me, the sacrifice potentially was worth the ignorance, if that makes sense. Which is what I was speaking about last episode. So, bit of a weird one, uh, but now, right? I have been, let's say, at 100% for a month. Now, what I mean by 100% is I could push myself to my limit. Now, I definitely don't have the fitness for it. In fact, one one training session, my first trial back, which was two weeks ago, almost. First session, I was huffing and puffing. It was embarrassing. Now, honestly... I don't know how you can lose that much fitness in a month. It's ridiculous. 
from my heart rate, my resting heart rate being 36 BPM. And it actually didn't didn't change that much um, in the time that I was injured. But being, being at a low heart rate doesn't always replicate your cardiovascular fitness. It can mean just that you're good at recovering, essentially. And because I had done no cardiovascular um, exercise for the month, it probably just meant that I had a good recovery, but my uh, recovery hadn't been tested and nor had my cardiovascular system. So the one time that it does, I react and I'm imagining that my resting heart rate has probably gone back up again. Now, I don't have whoop anymore. Unfortunately, I can't afford it. Um, I also have an Apple Watch, but I find that for my eating disorder, it doesn't help me. If anything, it hinders me a little bit. So I've decided to actually not completely step away because I do like wearing a watch, but um, not paying attention and wearing it that much. So... I don't know what my resting heart rate is currently right now, but it, it's probably quite high. So, anyways, I've been talking about how I went from a harsh kick back into reality that I'm not at 100%. And now I'm working my way up to it in terms of... Now, people probably in, in, in my position right now would say that they're up to 100%, but my 100% is so high because I'd been working on refining that process for so long, because I had been uninjured for so long. And technically, I'm still uninjured. It's just that it's a non-football-related health condition that then determined me to get surgery, and then that essentially injured me. So all of that work that I'd been doing to prevent injuries and etc., I fall... You fall to your processes, and I didn't have a process for, um, you know... A, a surgery that was so intrusive as it was. So I, I, I fell to my process and I didn't have a process there. Now, would it have been worth me to make a designated process for a surgery like this? No, probably not because I could probably just, as I'm doing right now, um, getting back into it slowly. But there's a level of ignorance there, right? And, and we spoke about this last episode and I'll reiterate it again. It, it probably wasn't really worth my time. I you know what, I could have done it better, I could have done it better, and I still can do it better right now, and, no, sorry, that's the wrong use of what I'm saying, uh, I do think that I am doing a good job right now, but if I had done it better at the beginning, then I'd probably be further along, but because I did it ignorantly, or to the best of my knowledge at that time, right, that's what that ignorance is, within my knowledge, I thought it was the best thing, but because of my ignorance outside of that thinking, it wasn't in the end. And that might be that may be even wrong in itself. That that's ignorance in itself. Maybe I did do it the best way. I don't know, but it, I don't think it was. Um, but within my knowledge, I probably could have done it better. Uh, it looks like getting guidance essentially. Just getting guidance that would have been much better. Um, saved me a lot of hassle, saved me a lot of uh, troubleshooting and and all these different things. But I, again, I did have that pressure that I did accident that I did set myself. It wasn't accidental. It was planned. But I took it in accordance with my return back, essentially. Now, let's go on to the working back into it. Now, when we talk about my training sessions for the past four years of... No, okay. The past three... No, two two years of completely being uninjured. I had, I had stints where I was injured, but I wasn't completely out. Like, I could still do goalkeeper training. Um, like, for example, my torn meniscus, I was still in the gym 
for one week. That was I had one week like completely off no football. I think it was, but I was still in the gym. Um, so I still had routine process and processes and things like that. Like I was still going to team training. Um, in the mornings at Sydney FC, and everything was still very normal. But then I got back into it very quickly with some um, goalkeeper training, torn meniscus. I just couldn't kick the ball. That was it. So goalkeeping, diving, everything like that. That was pretty stock standard. Um. And so that's that was the worst thing that actually that was probably my worst injury where I'd been out the longest. So that was pretty calm, and this was the real first challenge where I've been completely out for a month. Like walking was a stretch for me. So essentially, the the two to three years that I had where I was uninjured and uninterrupted, that had been compounding for me. So my level of 100% is so high compared to everyone else's that, as I was saying before, my 100% looks like three training sessions a day where someone's 100% looks like one good training session a day maybe or maybe one one good training session every two to three days or whatever that is, you know? So my, my standard is so high that to get back to that, it will take longer. So maybe I'm back at 100% for the average person, but for me, I'm, I'm behind. I'm very behind. I've still got to get my gym sessions in at the moment because I'm not doing gym sessions because I'm feeling my body being sore and I'm talking like muscularly sore as if I did a gym workout just from team training, right? So I'm not going to put any more onto me. I could do it, but that would be unwise, especially because I'm trialing. I need to be at my best for trials. But for example... I'm building my way up to two sessions a day. Now, what that looks like is I'm starting with doing walks throughout my day. Now, I, I have already done double sessions. Okay, I'll be 100% transparent. I can't avoid it sometimes. Sometimes I'll have a trial in the morning and a trial in the evening. Um, so I can't always avoid it. But I will be working my way up to the, the, the you know, three sessions a day. So two football, one gym. One recovery. So what that looks like is for me, the best analogy that I think there is for essentially building myself back up to where I was and then going beyond that is firstly not getting injured again. <laughs> that that helps. Um, so what that looks like is also doing injury recovery, my stretching, my my mental work as well. All of that stuff, okay? So that's that's a... Uh, months. But on top of that, it looks like the analogy, I'll, I'll say sorry, is progressive overload builds a compound. Now, progressive overload may be a, a new term for someone who doesn't go to the gym, but if you go to the gym, you should know what progressive overload is. And it's, at its most simplest form, improving every 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 time that you do something, the same thing again, you just improve it a little bit. Whether it's your technique, whether it's your form, whether it's the duration, whether it's the uh, effort, whatever that is, you're just improving that little by little. So essentially every single session that I do, gym, no, okay, well, I'm not doing gym at the moment, but football, whatnot, I'm just trying to improve little by little. Now, the biggest difficult thing for me is that I'm not doing my individual training in terms of daily. I do it when I am not trialing, but at the moment I'm trialing every day. So the only day where I'm not trialing is a Saturday. So that's the only day that I actually get to build on 
the last individual session that I did, because bear in mind, I don't have the luxury of choosing how much effort, duration, or whatnot I put into a trial. So I am burdened by that, and my 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 natural progression of progressive overload is hindered naturally. So there is fault to that, but that is something that I do have to deal with because I need to find a team right now. So I have to deal with that. It's not ideal, but I can work around that. That's no issue. Um, it will maybe hinder my progress in terms of speed, but I will have to deal with that and sacrifice that. So I do it. Now, I'll give you an example. Now, I don't have any very strong upper body in general, and I never have, which is why I continue to not have a strong upper body today. I also don't necessarily want to train it that much, just because when you lengthen, sorry, when you shorten your muscles through hypertrophy, you're shortening your range of motion, you're shortening um, quite a few things. So for me, when you look at a goalkeeper, they don't typically have a massive chest, they don't have biceps or anything like that, you want your range of motion to be as long as possible as a goalkeeper. And especially when I'm not the longest or tallest goalkeeper, um, range of motion is important. Therefore, uh, I don't focus too much on my upper body strength. I focus more on explosiveness. But that was a bit off topic. The main thing I wanted to say with that is 20 push-ups for me is a struggle. Now, I'm not talking about like poo form push-ups. I'm talking like good form push-ups or at least good enough for my for me to improve on. So I'm just building just one more push-up every day or just a little bit better technique every day and building up on that. Now, if you think about that with training in an ideal situation where I'd be working up back to 100% outside of team training or trials, it would be, okay, five minutes more. And if it's not five minutes more, maybe at the end when I normally do my 15 minutes of juggling, I make that 10 minutes of juggling and five minutes extra of a bit more intense work and I work my way up to an hour 15 where I'm doing full intensity training. And by the end of that hour and 15, I do my 15 minutes of juggling. And that's me done for my first session. The second session, I'm doing a bit of either ball mastery, a bit of uh, activity, a bit of footwork. And I'm doing it at a very low energy level so that I keep my uh, energy for the next training session. So my second session isn't intense. Okay, sometimes it is. But I typically try and make it tapered for the game day okay so firstly if it's a monday then a second session could look a little bit you know um more intense and then it just tapers off uh towards the end of the week then on the match there minus one i'll try not to do a second session so just gym and football training so it's all very structured but essentially i'm progressing my way up to that and that doesn't come overnight, which is something that I did have to learn. And it's the process that I'm still going through. Now, I do probably learn quicker than most people, but um, I did have to learn that because originally my plan was this, and I posted it on LinkedIn. I literally said, okay, week number uh, six and seven, post-surgery. Week number six is getting myself up to an hour and 15. So I was starting off at like 15 minute training sessions. Oh, then 55, then an hour, then so on and so forth. And then I had two rest days on the weekend. 
So that was what I thought I was working my way up to. And then I would build on that for the next week. And then I was adding second sessions already week seven. Now that is not the case. I'm not even at double sessions yet, right? I've said I've had a few here and there, but that's only because I've been forced into it. Now I've dealt with it, but my body's taking a hit. Like I'm feeling it at the moment. So I've given a lot of personal anecdotes there. But the main thing that I want you to take away is it away from this sorry is that compound effect that i've had why that was disrupted and how you can start building it now i'm not in a good situation in terms of building that back up right now i will have to build this up in a few months time but right now i need to get myself a team then i can start focusing on building that up again but if you're in an ideal situation which not many people are but say if you're not in as much of a um high stake situation as me not saying that i am in a high stake situation but if you were just a average civilian going to the gym and building back up, up into that then you're pretty calm um so essentially just progress get better every session whether it's intensity duration or um your rpe whatever it is just just slowly progress each day that goes for anything that this could be you're off track from doing something like maybe you've been less productive just be a bit better tomorrow Maybe you're out of the gym for a while. Just lift a bit more tomorrow. Go for a bit longer. Whatever it is, progressive overload and doing it that way is the best way of success. But anyways, guys, I've arrived back home. I will leave you with that. And I hope you took something valuable from that because I think um, it's a good way of thinking about it. And and honestly, it, it came to me just recently when I, because I, as I said to you before, I've never been in this situation. So it has just come to me more recently.